Welcome to the Yoga Conversations podcast. This is your host Harish Punjabi. We talk with yoga, meditation and wellness practitioners. We explore this mystic space, try to dissect it and make it accessible for everyone. Let's begin with the show. Welcome everyone. Today we have someone who's not your typical yogi. but she has done far more work to integrate everyone live a better life she is the founder and ceo of kera kera that is c a r e r that is india's first integrative oncology company that provides personalized care to cancer patients for this dream she has been certified as a cancer exercise specialist breast cancer recovery trainer holistic health coach holistic cancer coach as well as been certified in plant based nutrition from the world's top recognized institutes we will discuss her work on integrative and holistic care and how it helps cancer patients her challenges while starting care prime factors responsible for cancer and their new program called cancer prevention so we will be discussing this specific program which basically helps people follow protocol so that he or she doesn't get cancer in the future so welcome samara thank you thank you for having me it's a pleasure to be here likewise samara so i'll jump right in what was your reason to start the care specifically for cancer so my reason really uh, you know stemmed from a, a personal encounter with cancer um my mother ha- was diagnosed with cancer over 15 years ago and uh, at that time we didn't really know what cancer was actually it's not like it's very different today but at that time it was you know it really was unheard of and um, when she was diagnosed we uh, we learned about cancer and we took her to uh, the uk and she was treated there but unfortunately she relapsed and uh, when she relapsed is when we moved back to india and she continued her treatment here and at that point the doctors had told her that she has about 6 months to live and that the cancer was very aggressive um my mother went on for almost 7 years after that and it was one of those uh, cases that you know the doctors wanted to document they didn't they didn't really they couldn't really pinpoint exactly what was you know um, extending her uh, her lifespan but um, they she was taking very well to treatment she was on continuous treatment but the environment at home that we created i think played a very large part in her healing uh, her entire family we all came together and you know whatever we could do and whatever we knew we we formed as a healing environment for her so we made sure her nutrition was um, as good as we thought it should be we we made sure she was physically active and most importantly we made sure that she was in the right state of mind um so i remember the doctors used to always tell us that we don't know what's going on but whatever you're doing at home is obviously working and the treatment is working now unfortunately you know after 7 years her her uh, immunity crashed and uh, the chemotherapy uh, caught up and unfortunately Unfortunately, she passed away actually in 2010, and since then I went on this endeavor to find out that uh, you know what was it that we did that extended her life from six months to seven years, and is there really some science behind this? And that's when I was exposed to this world of integrative oncology, which is just a medical term of using lifestyle management therapies to improve 
the quality of life of a patient, extend their life, uh, improve um, the efficacy of treatment, uh, build the immune system, manage side effects of treatment, so on and so forth. So what we were doing in a very unofficial way was actually being done very scientifically and medically in these renowned uh, institutes and cancer institutes around the world. That's when I realized that, you know, if we went through this personally as a family and didn't have access or even knew about something like this, uh, I'm sure there are many people who are, you know, going through the same. So that's when I decided to move back to India and uh, start Caro which is an integrative oncology platform, which uses lifestyle management therapies alongside medical treatment for cancer patients to improve their, um, you know, their quality of life, their longevity, side effects of treatment, so on and so forth. So at that time, when your mother had been diagnosed, she was undergoing the traditional uh, treatment of like the chemotherapies and the other traditional treatments which happen in the medical industry. But you all were adopting some parallel methods which helped her live a more longer life, right? Yes, that's exactly what happened. And not only a longer life, but more of a, a quality life, right? A lot of people want to come into, uh, or a lot of people get treated. And of course, everyone wants cure. But the most important thing is also quality of life. We have seen people who have extended um, their lives for a long period of time, but live in suffer and, you know, and in pain, actually. So with her, she lived pretty normally, uh, you know, as, as normal as she could be. So it was more so even the quality of life that we improved. So... I guess when you're having that conversation regarding care, you had mentioned that the mantra around care is healing the body, mind and spirit. So can you elaborate more on this? Sure. So basically what we do, the foundation of what we do is integrative. The foundation of what we do is using food, body and mind. If we want to change the lifestyle of a patient or even want to change our own lifestyle, you can't just change one element of it. It is not a, you know, a single pronged approach. You have to look at, it's, it's very multifaceted. So you have to look at all the elements that, um, you know, that contribute towards improving your lifestyle. So the foundation of Kara is looking into food, body, and mind. Um, so whatever we do when we work with a patient, we will always look into their nutritional, um, you know, aspect, deficiencies, pain points, what's going on with their uh, eating habits, along with the physical state of the person. And uh, very importantly, uh, along with the emotional and uh, mental uh, distress or state of that person. So can you elaborate more on what do you mean by let's say physical or mental state? Okay, so your physical state is your physiological uh, state of being, right? So a um, lot of cancer patients have uh, issues nutritionally, but they have a lot of physical issues. So whether that is fatigue, whether that is weakness, whether that is pain, a lot of patients, specifically breast cancer patients who go through, say, a mastectomy, who remove lymph nodes are at risk of something called lymphedema, which is swelling of the limbs. Um, so, you know, edema is another one. They have, um, you know, extreme weight loss. So there are a lot of physical issues, postural deviations that happen. There are surgeries that take place that can cause certain disfigurements in the body. So that's what we term as physical, anything physiological um, that is happening to the body. 
the the mental or the psychology part of it is obviously working with the mind working with the emotions um how is the patient feeling uh, what state of mind is the patient in are they in a state of you know fear stress anxiety depression uh, helplessness um so these are the little things that we look at and then we help them move forward and 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 basically create a more uh, I don't like to use the word positive because it's. I think it's overused in in, in cancer. But uh, but create a more uh, positive state of uh, mind for the patient or encouraging state of mind to help them and motivate them to move forward and heal. So, are there any specific tools being used to help them get to that level of state? It really depends on patient to patient. So basically, uh, with uh, our yoga therapy, it's very much a mind body practice. It is uh, obviously an inculcation of asana, pranayam, and meditation. But the type of yoga that we do is, um, you know, we 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 basically encourage the patient to go into a very very relaxed state of mind. We use certain. Um, techniques of meditation whether whether it's guided meditation or visualizations or you know uh, a quick release uh, anxiety meditation or whatever that might be to help uh, stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system and help the patient really go into uh, you know just a calm state of mind now that's through the yoga but through the mental well-being that we offer this is very much talk therapy so we've noticed a lot of patients want to talk about their feelings or they don't have a, a a platform to talk about their feelings you know um many of them feel like they have been or are a burden to their family members and they actually are able to open and express much more with um a mental well-being therapist that they're not that familiar with than their own family members we have seen this time and again some of our sessions in the mental well-being sessions is literally our therapist walking in and saying a couple of words and having the patient speak for 2 hours straight and that has been therapeutic for them so we use a lot of talk therapy there um we give them a lot of activities whether that is um encouraging them to do some art or some you know using sound therapy and things like that so these are certain techniques which will which is prescribed to the patient based on their condition so that's how we go about it during our last conversation you had spoken about a new program which you have started recently called cancer prevention so what does it comprise of so um so the reason that so for the longest time we've been asked i mean obviously a lot of patients come to us and their family members say if you you know you built such a comprehensive program for cancer patients do you have anything for cancer prevention because we are very very worried that we are going to get cancer um for the longest time we didn't do it because for us we believe that if you are doing one thing do you know do it really high skilled high quality um and get it right you know so we're working with people's lives so we said that's not really we don't have the bandwidth to get into that right now but in the last one year we have been working on a cancer prevention program we realized that we were using lifestyle therapies to treat cancer patients and help them recover we also realized that you know large percentage of cancer cases 90 to 95% of cancer cases is lifestyle related which means that if it is lifestyle related then there are certain things that we can teach a person to do to improve their lifestyle and actually decrease the chances of cancer and that's exactly what we started building so we started building this very in depth 
cancer risk assessment. It's a lifestyle cancer risk assessment where um, we run a risk assessment with anybody and we try to understand if they fall under the low, moderate, moderate to high or high risk category. And then we tell them exactly what they can do, do using their lifestyle to bring their risk lower. So till we refine this, we didn't want to introduce this program, but now we have refined it and uh, we have actually launched it. And there are you know tons of people who are taking this program and we work with pre-existing conditions. So whether it is chronic obesity, COPD, type two diabetes, hormonal imbalances, gut issues, um, there are certain major uh, pre-existing medical conditions that can lead to cancer, certain types of cancer. So we're working a lot with those conditions. We're working a lot with a younger population where they're like, okay, we, you know, we are worried about our risk of getting cancer. So they try to understand where they fall on that score or that scale. And then we understand their lifestyle habits, looking at food, body, and mind. And then we tell them exactly what they can do. Um, you know, we put them through a program and it is a minimum of one month, but that's for people who are in low risk category. And we tell them how to eat better, what to eat, where to get the food from, uh, what kind of exercises they should be doing, how do they manage their stress levels. Again, very integrative, uh, but again, uh, focusing on the prevention of cancer. Now, obviously, this is not something where we can guarantee that you will not get cancer, but this is the best that we can do to keep your risks low. So we then assess the person again after a month and see where they fall in the category. And then we keep going on till they fall into, you know, minimal uh, low risk category. So since you have started uh, care and uh, the recent uh, starting of care prevent, uh, sorry, cancer prevention, do you all uh, or have you all got any prime factors which you feel are responsible for cancer? Let's say any two factors or three factors. I would name about four, which I'm seeing a lot of. Number one is high fat levels. This is causing a lot of disruptions with hormones and leading to things like ERP positive breast cancers and HER2 positive breast cancers. So high fat percentage is something that's leading to certain types of cancers. Um, I would say, uh, you know, uh, Chronic stress, uh, this is something that people don't take very seriously, but I see it time and again. In fact, my own mother, I feel uh, her susceptibility to cancer was her stress levels. What stress is doing to the body is just, um, it's, it's really, really bad. Basically, you know, and I say chronic because it is releasing cortisol in the body. It is causing inflammation. It is causing disruption in, is disruption in the gut and it's um, leading to complete chaos in the in the body to function properly which is eventually suppressing immunity and that's leading to uh, certain types of cancer so i would say chronic stress um, we are seeing links from type 2 diabetes to certain types of cancers um, we are seeing links of uh, copd with which is chronic obstructive pulmonary uh, disorder disease um, that is leading to certain lung cancers so um, these are the main ones that I would, I would point out and say that, you know, we need to keep an eye off. So anything with severe hormonal imbalances, thyroid issues, people with very extreme significant gut issues. I keep talking about gut. If anyone were to go to my Instagram profile or whatever, or carers, you, you'll see so much about gut health. Um, the reason we speak so much about gut health is because 60 or 70% of our uh, immunity lies in our gut lining. Now, mm -hmm. I believe 
everything happens in the gut that's where you uh, basically you know that's where you absorb nutrients that's where you assimilate nutrients that's where you excrete waste um that's where basically you will determine whether you have nutrient deficiencies or not so the better you eat the better uh, your gut lining is um the 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 more the easier it is for nut- nutrition to go to different parts of the body and function appropriately and go to different organs so if you have um you know a bad digestive system or problems with gut health that should be your number one thing that you need to focus on i see a lot of people who are chronically constipated constipated or they have ibs or leaky gut and things like that and are living with it for years and years and they don't realize that by living this living like this for years and years it's affecting their immunity to a large extent so if you want to fix mm-hmm. your immune system you want to be resistant to a cold or cancer fix your gut so that's what i focus on yeah um i'm i'm not sure uh, whether what i'm going to say would be correct or no but the recent death of chadwick boseman was diagnosed with i guess colon cancer and uh, it was very surprising to hear that this uh, he was not that old he was in a very fit condition but i'm not sure whether lifestyle uh, had it on him or what was the prime reason and uh, yes again the point which you just said about gut these are issues which are not evident enough to be made out let's say if any friends are meeting you can't make out that your friend might have a gut issue but okay if your friend might be smoking that's very clear that you you could be diagnosed with cancer so it's interesting i'm bringing this bringing this up because we have this conversation a lot in my team and in fact a lot of people reach out to me and they say well my father has been smoking for the last 50 mm. years and he's perfect fine my grandfather has been doing this my grandmother has been eating like this they are perfectly fine so why should i make that change so we need to understand the times and the environment that our fathers and our grandfathers and great grandfathers and ancestors grew up in i'm sitting in new delhi right now with an air quality of above 300 400 which is going to go up to about 500 and probably yeah. plus that that's something i can't control i'm pretty sure my father and my grandfather didn't have exposure to that kind of environment when they were growing up so that's why we always say it's an integration of everything it's not just your immunity doesn't lie only with the air that you're breathing or the food that you're eating or your exercise level it is all of it um how do we see so many marathon runners or people who are really fit have heart attacks i mean that just doesn't mm. make sense right so that we started talking a lot about visceral fat um where is the fat lying in the body physically you might look really fit but are you stressing your heart out to that degree over exercising um you know uh, which creates inflammation which creates free radicals in the body uh, which uh, over exercises the adrenaline glands which really doesn't work for our bodies right now and um, visceral fat is the one that you need to be careful of because the visceral fat is the one that is line is lining the organs and is around the organs so you might look really thin or you might look really fit but if you have high levels of visceral fat then that's you can be as fit as you want but um that's the dangerous part now um with colon cancer is very much related to the kind of food you've been eating now i can't say that's the exact reason but a lot of people who have been consuming a lot of red meat for a long period of time or 
consuming foods that are toxic for them have had gut issues um you know uh, are causing toxicity in the gut lining and which can lead to polyps and then can also lead to polyps that become malignant and actually lead to colon cancer and rectum cancer and things like that colon cancer is also genetic so that's something that we need to look at um and people who have a, a history of colon cancer need to do their tests and things like that but most of the time it's very related to the kind of food you're eating and gut health um i had this uh, recent conversation with a yogi is very experienced yogi and he mentioned a point that cancer doesn't reach places where there's a lot of blood flow whereas it uh, affects easily where there's uh, the blood hardly reaches there so how uh, true is this part see everyone has their own points of view um i don't want to comment on what he said but what what actually happens is cancer creates a home or an environment for itself so basically our cells are multiplying and dividing as we speak trillions and trillions are multiplying and dividing now in this process there could be uh, certain rogue cells there could be certain default cells and what happens is our immunity kind of like you know uh, surveys these cells and says okay these cells are not good cells let's destroy it and destroys it immediately now what happens in the sense of cancer is that our immunity is not able to pick up on these rogue cells and they let them grow and divide and multiply divide and multiply and eventually it becomes a cluster of cells now this cluster of cells is known as a tumor now when this becomes a cluster of cells it creates a home for itself and it starts creating its own blood vessels and it starts creating food for itself and it it really lives it's, it's, it's called the process of angiogenesis so that's when basically um it becomes difficult to uh, you know actually eradicate that tumor because it's created a home in and an environment in your body and basically chemotherapy goes and disrupts that so so what happens it starts mimicking the actual cells so the so your immune system system is not able to pick up okay that this is a this is an you know this is a bad like cluster of malignant cells and this is a you know a uh good benign cells or healthy cells basically it can't differentiate between the two it 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 the more it grows it can't differentiate so now that's why chemotherapy unfortunately has to destroy all the cells the bad and good cells and that's why the side effects of chemotherapy is so vast because it's destroying your good cells as well it's not able to differentiate and say okay fine these this is the uh, cancer cells and this is these are the good cells but as we progress in medical treatment we are doing more targeted uh, chemotherapy where we are able to identify that this is, these are the malignant cells and these are the good cells so don't touch the good cells focus on the and target the malignant cells so that's basically on a very very surface level what's happening with uh, with cancer it's funny um, it's the conversation on cancer has been like so common i heard this on a, a podcast that uh, there's a, uh, the, there's been a lot of talk in state in the states that people are not asking that whether you'll get cancer it's like when will you get cancer so it's like a very common fact there that it will happen when it will happen is the question yeah i think in the states is about one in three people who will get cancer wow. if i'm not mistaken that's the number and i think in india again if i'm you know i could be wrong but um it is about one in eight people as of right now wow that is at a high number yeah exactly <sighs>
so uh, samara as per your research which is like the one activity from the uh, integrative holistic care that makes the most benefit for any patient so i can't pick one because it really de- depends on each patient right so like each patient comes with certain issues like i have worked with patients who are extremely nutritionally diligent and fit and physically fit as well but mentally they are in a very bad state of mind and and that's affecting their recovery so mm. then for them mental well-being is the most important element of it um and it goes on like so if you work with a head and neck cancer patient these are cancers in any in the head and neck region it could be like tongue cancer uh, thyroid whatever whatever anything in the head and neck region most of these patients will go through surgery where they will have to have a feeding tube where they'll have to start having a uh, you know liquid diets now in that sense obviously they drop tons of weight there are a lot of nutritional deficiencies so for them nutrition plays a very important role so it really depends on each person that's why we never say it's just one that's why we always through care offer food body mind it cannot just be one but if you're going to ask me what if i really need to pick one um it's really difficult but i would always say food is medicine food will change the way you live food will make a big impact and uh, i guess many people have made medicines their food <laughs> yeah exactly everybody yeah so uh, samara now coming to you how do you prime yourself for the day like do you follow any morning routines uh so i do as much as i can i have um i'm i wouldn't say i'm extremely spiritual but i do a lot of or i try to do as much of chanting as i can i'm really into the buddhist chant and i and that's something that i've inculcated in my life so i do that in the morning uh while i get ready for the day uh i i really like to do some form of exercise in the morning but unfortunately in uh in uh, delhi right now the pollution levels are so high in the morning so i'm trying to do it a little later in the evening i used to do extreme kinds of workouts where i used to sprint i used to do you know obviously your hit training your uh, you know every kind of major exercise routine i have followed and i have recently just started going for ex- like long long brisk walks uh, to give my body a break and it has been one of the most wonderful things i have done even for my mental state of mind actually and that's about it and uh, you know i call it a day at the end of the day yeah early actually so uh, let's say if you have any situation where you have just a 10 or 20 minute uh, break do you fit in any specific uh, exercise routine or is it just uh, walks which you try to make as of now what i learned with my many many years of with my own personal experience of really being into sports so i used to be very heavily into sports and then i went crazy with being one of those um you know just extreme people when it came to working out i would work out 3 4 hours a day maybe not 4 hours but at least 2 to 3 hours a day um just really putting my body through extremes running marathons sprinting you know i for, for me it was just one of those things i don't know i really got very deep into it and uh and then i studied it right i went to the us and actually studied uh you know physiology and training and, and the anatomy and exercise and uh you know uh, personal training and whatever and that's when i in functional training and and then through the years of 
uh, working with so many people through physical movement and also through my own experience, I realized that working out one hour a day, you know, extensively um, doesn't do that much benefit for you as opposed to working out small, um, you know, segments in the day for the whole day. So example, so in, it might become difficult for someone to get up every two hours and do a 10 minute sprint, right? We sit in office or we're working the whole day or whatever. So what I do is I walk and talk and I tell all my patients and everyone who are unable to give too much time uh, to exercise. I say, you know what? There's no excuse. Walk and talk. We're on the phone, especially now, um, you know, constantly because sitting at home and we're working. Every time I pick up the phone, I walk. Uh, it's just become psychological now. And honestly, before I know what I've done, I don't know how many steps. So I'm walking and talking. I never take uh, an elevator um, or a lift anywhere, anywhere. Wow. Uh, unless we're talking about like 12 floors or 15 floors. <laughs> and I really, really, and even then I would push myself to take the steps, you know, and especially, and, and if we are really high up, maybe I will take a lift up, but I will definitely walk down, you know? Yeah. So these are all little habits that you create in your mindset that you eventually will just automatically go to the steps. It doesn't even register. You will eventually a phone, phone rings and you just eventually um, get up. Like I've sat in meetings and phones have, you know, and I've, I've had to excuse myself and I automatically just gotten up and started walking in the meeting room, you know, because it just becomes habit. You are doing more exercise and you're doing more benefit for your body. Just having these little bouts of movement, than going for an hour and, putting your body through extreme workouts and lifting weights and doing these circuit trainings or whatever, and then sitting the rest of the day. It's probably the worst thing that you can do. I had read uh, something about uh, this topic on blue zones, where there are like five places around the world. For people who don't know about blue zones, it's, uh, these are like five places where people have an average average of more than 100. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. So, um, I guess if we just follow their lifestyles, we are good to go. But uh, given that most of uh, us are like shifting to cities, uh, it is getting tough and tough day by day. So like, like, like you're talking about the blue zones, I read the book as well. I think Okinawa is a place like that in Japan mm -hmm. is one of the areas. They definitely don't do hit training and circuit training and they don't have access to all of that. They mm -hmm. get up and walk. They get up and pick things. They get up and right. do chores in I mean, I, doing, I think doing house chores and I learned that after lockdown is actually a great exercise, you know, right. <laughs> you need to clean the house, uh, that do that, you know, so I understand if you want to do certain amounts and challenge your body. So once in a while, definitely lifting weights and do, you know, pushing your heart rate to that extent and doing interval, um, you know, whatever interval kind of, uh, um, training and those kind of things it's good for your body to put your body in a little bit of uh, shock is fine. But if that becomes a way of life, then I don't know. I don't know the long-term effects of that. Mm. I, it's quite so Samara, uh, we've just come to the end of the show. What message would you like to share with everyone? Um, so I would ideally say two things. Number one is that, um, I think uh, when it comes to cancer, a lot of people fear the word cancer. They, they 
they fear it because there's they don't know what cancer is all about there's a lack of knowledge and this is where people need to educate themselves about exactly what cancer is so instead of fearing this disease um i would encourage people to go and actually learn about it and gain the knowledge that they can in order to actually protect themselves and learn that actually it's not that scary after all it's a it's becoming a, a chronic disease and it's very much lifestyle related which means that it's in their control so when it comes to cancer knowledge is power and the second message i would like to say is that um that you have the power to heal yourself i keep saying this when we are diagnosed with cancer we give all that power to our doctors our colleges uh we give up the power of our bodies actually but we heal ourselves even with care we always tell our patients that we are just the conduits to their healing but they are actually healing so we all have the power to heal ourselves whether we have cancer whether we have any chronic condition whether we are perfectly healthy our bodies heal for ourselves and uh, this is something that translates with each one of us so before giving up that power to anyone else realize that there that that power first lies within you yes uh, i guess we can consider those as golden words we do have the power to heal ourselves and uh, i hope uh, everyone should definitely look into their own lifestyle to follow those parameters is yes, samara um Absolutely. thank you thank you for coming on the show where can everyone find you on the internet so they can find me on my instagram handle i put a lot of great content out there it's samara mahindra one numerical one um <clears throat> they can find kero which is a uh, it's actually careoforcancer.com that's c a r e r f o r cancer.com uh they can write to us which is hello at careoforcancer.com and they can even call us at 9900161641 great great um i'll definitely do uh, make sure to include all those uh, links and social media handles in the show notes thank you samara for guessing us thank you Thank you thank you thank you so much Once again thank you for hearing out the episode all topics with their respective links and our email IDs will be available in the show notes see you in the next episode